And now for something completely different. Ah! Forget everything you've been told by others before. Get ready for the real deal. The full story. Real talk about money, markets, life. Now, it's The Real Investment Show with Lance Roberts. Presented by RIA Advisors. And good morning. Welcome to The Real Investment Show. Of course, it's Tuesday and uh, your ongoing public service announcement today is, of course, National Extortion Day. I mean, uh, Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day, yes, it's Valentine's Day. Roses, $125 a dozen. So, you know, if, if you're experiencing inflation, it is in the roses. So that's that's where they are. But yeah, I mean, you know, why is it National Extortion Day? Because you know what happens, man. You know, if you forget Valentine's Day, you're sleeping on the couch. That's pretty much extortion, so. <laughs> or you're out of the house, one of the two. <laughs> <laughs> but whenever there's a need to spend money in order to avoid a negative consequence, that is extortion by its very definition. <laughs> so. That is fine investment advice. Exactly. So I'm just trying to help you out here. <laughs> Swing by your local Kroger's. They had lots of flowers out yesterday. It's the big white tent in the parking big, lot. Can't miss it. Yeah. Just drive by there. Big tent. Get your flowers. Just get ready. It's Just be aware. It's expensive. I did my, I did it yesterday. Yeah, so, yeah. A couple of C notes later, my wife is happy. So, God, it was a madhouse in the I know, grocery store. It was, it was absolutely crazy, but it, it'll be worse today. So, yep. And then tomorrow? Yeah. Everything's half off. <laughs> yeah, no, right. <laughs> you know, isn't it interesting? Uh, there's not a Valentine's Day for men. I'm just saying. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, maybe we have to start. There's not, is there? No, there's not. Do you know that, that Father's Day is like the number 20th most celebrated holiday in the country? Arbor Day is more <laughs> celebrated. I don't even know what Arbor Day is, but it's more celebrated. I do know what Arbor Day is, by the way. Uh, just, <laughs> I don't need emails telling me what Arbor Day is. But Arbor Day is more celebrated than Father's Day. Just say it. I did not know that. Yeah. Mother's Day is number two. Christmas is number one. Yeah. Yeah. So... And Arbor Day is like number 13. <laughs> Father's Day, number 20. There's no, There's know, just no justification. Th there, there is something seriously wrong with our priorities yeah. in this country. Just All saying. <laughs> just saying. I got nothing. <laughs> anyway, a uh, couple of things today. Uh, of course, today is Inflation Day. Speaking of roses. <laughs> Uh, because today, of course, is uh, CPI out this morning. Expectations are for CPI to come in a little bit hotter than expected, up about four-tenths uh, versus one-tenth of a percent last month. Now, uh, you know, the, the, a couple of things are going on here. First, they just had the annual revisions to the CPI data. So, you know, on a comparative basis, you know, we'll have to just kind of do some math and figure it out. But, uh Weights changed a little bit in the index, so that's going to adjust some of the inflation calculation. But more importantly, um, the, the big issue for the markets, of course, markets have been rallying nicely here over the last several weeks, financial conditions loosening. Interestingly enough, um, if you take a look at liquidity, which is basically the uh, kind of the Fed's balance sheet and, and uh, reverse repos and, and that type of thing. That actually has been declining, right? So the Fed's been doing quantitative tightening, et cetera. So liquidity in the markets is actually declining, yet the markets are rallying. 
And there's a pretty significant divergence right now between the markets and underlying liquidity, which eventually one thing's got to catch up to the other. Either liquidity's got to improve or, or markets have to come down. So that's, that's kind of one of the big kind of issues right now. But markets have been rallying in anticipation of this inflation data, hoping that the inflation data will signal that the Fed needs to stop, you know, stop hiking rates and begin cutting rates uh, really as, as soon as June or July. The problem is, is that there's a market difference between what the market is pricing in for the Fed and what the Fed is saying. Now, the Fed right now is saying, you know, five to five and a quarter percent on Fed funds rate. And if inflation after the employment data that we had a couple of weeks ago and now this inflation data coming in today, if that number is hotter than expected, that's going to push the odds of continued rate hikes up. Uh, which is very much not aligning with what the market's thinking. Also, the market believing that the Fed's going to start cutting rates as soon as June or July. That's also kind of a, a long shot, given the Fed is still hiking rates until June or July. It's unlikely they're going to immediately start to cut rates unless, unless something has happened you know, economically, financially, etc., and markets are beginning to decline very sharply, and there's a route to consumer confidence. But... See, none of that, we're seeing that right now. In fact, the consumer confidence numbers just came out, and those have actually improved. Consumers are feeling a lot more confident about things because why? Market, market values are going up, right? 401k plans are better. You know, investment accounts are better. Savings accounts, you know, are getting a, a decent yield now. So as a consumer, I'm feeling, pretty, I'm, I'm feeling better. You know, I'm, I'm not as concerned um, about a potential recession coming up. And in fact, the views on a recession, the number of people expecting a recession is beginning to drop. So, you know, this is, this is really this dichotomy that's kind of going on in the markets because think about it this way. The markets are rallying in anticipation, as I said before, you know, and, we, and we've gone through this, but you have to keep coming back to this, this idea. The markets are rallying on the expectation the Fed's going to start cutting rates and doing liquidity. But if the markets are rallying, the economy's fine, and there's no recession risk, right? So the number of people expecting a recession declining. If, if all that is improving, consumer confidence is improving, economic data begins to improve a bit, then why is the Fed going to cut rates, right? So this is really the dichotomy right now between the markets, what's going on, and the economy and the Fed and everything else. But nonetheless, um, you know, bullish trend here for the markets. And, and in fact, uh, just over the last couple of days, you know, we had this bit of a pullback. And, and this is, has just come along to kind of retest this uptrend line that uh, we've been building really ever since the October lows of last year. Uh, so that's improved. Now, uh, again, this, this kind of very big rally that we've had is, is getting pretty long in the tooth. And, and again, we're very close to actually triggering a uh, MACD sell signal, uh, our money flow signal actually triggered yesterday. So despite the rally yesterday, um, we actually triggered a money flow sell signal yesterday. Um, any decline here uh, of any sort over the next day or two. So if this number comes out this morning a lot hotter than expected, the market sells off, um, that's going to trigger this MACD sell signal as well. So again, what this suggests is, is that, and that doesn't mean just because you have sell signals, the market's going to crash. But it does suggest that you know upside is probably limited here uh, in the markets, at least short term, because uh, the signals are at a pretty high level, which historically either leads to a short term correction or a consolidation. So uh, you know, again, as you're kind of thinking about your risk management, you might want to be a little bit careful about chasing stocks here, just because you simply have a signal in place that suggests that upside may be limited. So. 
and it's particularly in, in areas like technology, which have had a huge run yesterday. Again, technology kind of leading the way, which is, you know, interesting because just remember that last year, everybody was like, ah, technology's dead. You know, it's, it's all about energy. Uh, that's been a very different trade this year. Uh, very big run in technology uh, so far. It continues to kind of outpace the rest of the market as a whole. And, and again, part of this is due to the fact that everybody sold technology last year, right at the end of the year for tax loss selling. And now that their 30-day window is over for tax loss sales, they've been buying back in uh, to the tech sector in their, in their portfolios. But again, this sector in particular, technology, very overbought, not on the sell signal yet, but very close. So any real decline here short term could see a little bit bigger correction in technology. So you may want to think about taking profits there, uh, looking to maybe pick up some exposure in an area such as really kind of uh, staples or utilities in particular, which have been under a good bit of pressure. But this is a, you know, a good dividend yielding sector, of course, and has been beaten up here as well. So you may see some rotation between uh, kind of growth and aggressiveness versus safety. So kind of keep a watch on the markets here short term. Come back. A lot of stuff to get into this morning. Don't go away. More of The Real Investment Show coming right up. Get daily investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com. We teach our kids the alphabet and all the colors, too. But raising our kids to be money smart is really up to you. Our next RIA Lunch and Learn will dwell upon this topic, because teaching kids to manage their coins puts money in their pockets. Join Ratliff and Rosso, February 23rd, for the How to Raise Money Smart Kids Lunch and Learn. Register now at realinvestmentadvice.com. realinvestmentadvice.com. The Real Investment Show. So, uh, this morning, of course, as I said, is the much-anticipated CPI number. And you know inflation's bad when the headline this morning is, Don't Mess With My Wiener. <laughs> the catalytic converter was stolen from the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile in Las Vegas. Is nothing sacred? Nothing is sacred. Of course, uh, you know, when inflation's high, prices are up, for yeah. particularly for commodity prices and... There's a lot of uh, valuable commodities inside of a catalytic converter. So very quick, they can slip under your car. It's happened, you know, in our parking garage. People oh, yeah. In and out. Get a, get a Sawzall, slip under a car very quickly, extract the catalytic converter, and you're off and running. Gone in 30 seconds. Yes. Well, the movie with Nicolas Cage, Gone in 60 Seconds. That was 60 seconds, yeah. but he wasn't stealing catalytic converters, <laughs> stealing cars. Yeah, there was a high-speed chase. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, there was a high-speed chase. It was very reminiscent of Gone in 60 Seconds. It was just recently, and um, the, the police helicopter is following a uh, Dodge Charger Hellcat <laughs> on the freeway. Good luck. Exactly. That's what happened. And, and the, the Charger's running away from oh, him, yeah. and the, cop, the, the police helicopter's like... They're out running us. I got nothing. <laughs> so, that's a thing, apparently. I what? come home in the afternoon. That's what my wife is watching is car chases. I don't know. My wife's still into the murders of Ohio, but now she's, <laughs> like I told you, she's uh, Idaho. 
but now she's all into the hexagonal UFO thing. So yeah. she's yeah. determined to solve this mystery. I don't know why we have police. We have my wife. So <laughs> just you got an issue. Just let my wife know. She'll figure it out for you. Uh, Happy Valentine's Day, Christina. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, so anyway, uh, full CPI report out this morning. Um, you know, so, you know, the question, of course, and, and this is what we've been living with, you know, kind of from one month to the next. It's, it's, you know, we used to invest money based on valuations and fundamentals and these type of things. And now we just live from one economic report to the next to see what the Fed's going to do. And, you know, this is, you know, kind of the, the problem with investing right now, which is, you know, if you have this kind of view that, oh, I'm a fundamental long-term investor, I'm going to buy cheap stocks, and, you know, that's how I'm going to invest, that used to work. Unfortunately, today, that just doesn't work that way uh, anymore. And, and we're so tied to this kind of one day to the next data. And we have all these kind of other variables that are going on. And we've talked about zero DT options, which are these intraday options. Those have now, Wall Street Journal actually has a very interesting article about it uh, this morning uh, in the Wall Street Journal discussing these intraday options and the, the swelling of volume. And the problem with, as we've said before, with these intraday options, these are all the options that expire in less than one day, is as those aren't measured by the volatility index. So we get all these kind of weird price swings in markets and stocks based on these, you know, the hedging and, and closing of these options. But that's not picked up by the VIX index. So the volatility index is very low and suggests there's no real risk to the markets, but yet you got all these kind of intraday volatility swings going on because of these options. So it's just a very different market that we live in. And now we're so tied to the Fed after a decade of the Federal Reserve, you know, injecting liquidity into markets, keeping interest rates at zero. It's now no longer a function of saying, hey, you know, this is a cheap stock and it pays a dividend and its earnings growth is good. And that's how we used to invest. Now it's what's what's the Fed going to do? And it's just like where we are today. Inflation, this inflation print, it's all about it's not it's not about whether or not there's inflation. Right. There's, we know there's inflation and the inflation print today will show that inflation is still rising, albeit at a slower pace. So things aren't getting cheaper. They're just not getting as expensive as fast uh, anymore. So but all this has to do with is what's the Fed going to do? Is the Fed going to hike rates more or, or is the inflation number weak enough that maybe they can stop hiking sooner than later? And again, there's just to, just to re reiterate, there's a huge difference between the Fed cutting rates and the Fed not hiking rates. The Fed pausing interest rates doesn't increase liquidity to the markets. It just stops tightening liquidity to the markets. That's all that does. Cutting rates and, and increasing their balance sheet is what the bulls need, right? And that's not happening anytime soon, but that's where we are. So... Today's report, of course, is, is going to be the question. Uh, there's been, a, obviously, an increase in oil and gasoline prices. Um, that's a small component of inflation, but that's certainly going to add to uh, price pressures. But, you know, the big thing is, of course, housing. And the problem with housing and the, the subsequent, what they call homeowners' uh, rent, is 
running on a pretty big lag. So while there's clear evidence that rents are coming down and, and home prices are indeed coming down, there is a lag to that data that suggests that we're not going to see that impact yet into CPI. So CPI could be a little bit higher this morning than expected. And again, when we're just kind of looking at the data, the question now becomes, and this is really the big kind of fear for the Fed, is that inflation comes down and then it starts to go up again. That's their big fear, a reacceleration of inflation. I don't think you're going to see that. You know, inflation may not come straight down uh, in, in a straight line. It may, you know, kind of bounce along the way. We have a couple of months where it's a little bit hotter than expected and a couple of months where it's cooler than expected. But I think the trend is lower because of the extraction of liquidity from the markets, all of these stimulus payments and you know additional capital that people were given, you know the purchase, the payroll protection program, et cetera, so forth and so on. Which now we, the government just said yesterday that they think as much as a trillion dollars of all that pandemic money went to fraud. This is a problem when you just run around willy nilly and start throwing money out the window without any real safeguards in place, <laughs> you know. People are pretty smart. People are going to figure out how to work the system pretty quick if you're going to be giving away free money. And, you know, so this is the lesson that somebody will eventually learn. I'm not sure who or when, but hopefully someday. Um, rents, as we've said before, homeowners equivalent rent, that comprises the largest share of CPI. So really, when it all comes down to inflation and the numbers, it really comes down to what's happening with housing and with rents. And again, the, the big issue there is, is, the, is the lag time. So, you know, I, I put out a chart yesterday. And, you know, when you take a look at CPI, there's kind of two measures of CPI that we look at. We look at core prices, which are the kind of the sticky prices. Those are the prices that people that, that tend to be more sticky at, at the core than some of the headline data. Now, headlines been coming down. Core prices really haven't. They've come down a little bit, but the core CPI really hasn't. The biggest decline is inflation, less health care, and housing. And the reason that you can strip those two things out is because, as we said yesterday, those are tied to contractual obligations. Your medical benefits don't change month to month. That's a, a you know, you sign up for them at work, and it's the same payment for the year until you, re, you know, re-sign up again the next time. And then you get hit with a bigger bill. Uh, <laughs> housing is contractual based on either your mortgage payment or your rent payment. So until you either refinance your mortgage or your rent comes, you know, your rent obligation contract is, is up for renewal, those prices don't change. So if you strip those two things out, which are contractually obligated in a lot of places, actual inflation of what homeowners are, or, or I shouldn't say homeowners, but individuals are dealing with has actually come down very sharply. So there is a big drop in inflation, and this is one of the reasons why consumers are holding in better than a lot of people expected, right? First of all, they're tapping credit cards left and right, but because there's been a very sharp drop in inflation in the things that they spend money on on a daily basis, apparel, recreation, those type of things, there's been a very big decline in that rate of inflation and so that's helping. That's also why you're seeing consumer confidence begin to pick up a little bit. Oh, prices are coming down. The market's going up. 
I'm feeling better about things. So people are, are, are feeling better about stuff, and so they're spending money. And that's one of the problems for inflation and one of the problems for the Fed is that what the Fed needs is for, the, for consumers to contract. If you really want to get inflation down and under control, you've got to get the consumers to stop spending money. But everything's kind of working in their favor right now. And so this is, which was also one of the reasons why at the recent FOMC meeting, I was kind of surprised that Jerome Powell was a little bit more focused on financial conditions. And he dismissed it saying, you know, financial conditions short term don't matter. They do matter because that's what gives consumers confidence. And we're seeing that. And so the problem when it comes to inflation, ultimately, and the problem for the Fed is if the consumers start to pick back up slack, you're going to start getting economic growth and you're going to start getting more spending. And then you already have a, you know, uh, an issue with supply chains that are now running in reverse. One of the interesting aspects of the inflation data we're going to see today is there's been a huge surge in container cost to store inventory. There's a, a, an abundance of inventory out there, and this is also one of the things feeding into consumer confidence, and prices are coming down because this excess inventory has got to get liquidated. So you've got container costs that are going up to house all this excess inventory that's got to be sold at a discount and pushed through the pipeline. So, you know, these container costs are going to feed into inflation, but the inventory drag is a, is a detractor from inflation. So, again, it's not clear. But the problem for the Fed is that the consumer is holding in there. And that's the big risk to inflation over the course of the next few months. All right, quick break, come back. Talk a little bit about the markets as we wrap up earnings season. And uh, kind of where do we go to next and what's the next big hurdles? That's coming up next on The Real Investment Show. Don't go away. investment advice blog it's required reading for the informed investor catch it today at realinvestmentadvice.com we teach our kids the alphabet and all the colors too but raising our kids to be money smart is really up to you our next ria lunch and learn will dwell upon this topic because teaching kids to manage their coins puts money in their pockets Join Ratliff and Rosso, February 23rd, for the How to Raise Money Smart Kids Lunch and Learn. Register now at realinvestmentadvice.com. realinvestmentadvice.com. You're listening to The Real Investment Show. So just getting uh, ready to kind of wrap up earnings season, kind of getting the last batch of companies out of the way today. We've got uh, Coca-Cola actually announcing earnings this morning, beating on really the top top and bottom lines look pretty good for Coke this morning. Stocks will be trading up um, about 40 cents this morning um, as, as the market opens. 
you know, uh, but Airbnb today, uh, Devon Energy, GoDaddy, uh, Herbalife Nutrition, Marriott International, Peabody Energy, Restaurant Brands, TransUnion, TripAdvisor, Upstart, Weber. So, but we're, we're pretty much through the bulk. And, and what's interesting is, is there's a couple of things that are going on with earnings kind of worth paying attention to. First is that earnings for the rest of this year, into the end of this year for 2023, those estimates have fallen by 17.5% from their peak in May of last year. So, in other words, back in May of last year, they were expecting $240 a share in earnings. Now we're down to $199 a share in earnings by the end of this year. Interestingly, the analysts expect that this quarter will be the bottom for earnings. Earnings will begin to improve starting next quarter. Now, this is all very interesting because in order for earnings to be improving, we need a couple of things, right? We need a stronger economy. And we need, obviously, for consumers to get out and spend money because that's where earnings come from. You know, it's important that we always, you know, it's always kind of interesting because we kind of look at earnings as this nebulous factor, but we forget that the economy is driven 70% by consumption. So what you and I spend in the economy is where the earnings are derived from. I mean, if, if you know, where do where does Uber and Lyft get their revenue, right? Comes from people getting rides. Where does the revenue for Airbnb come from? It's from people renting homes. So what what the consumer spends is very important. So the strength of the consumer is critical to this earnings outlook. And again, when you kind of take a look at you know what you're paying for stocks this year, there's been a very substantial increase in valuations of companies because earnings are going down and people are running up stock prices. So you're having prices go up only based on multiple expansion because earnings are declining. But everybody's hoping that the bottom of these earnings are nearby and things are going to start to improve. And, and look, eventually things will start to improve. But here's the point that this all flies in the face of this idea, this view of a recession. And this is the challenging part, right? So we go back to the Federal Reserve. So the Fed's hiking interest rates are going to keep hiking interest rates until they get to five, five and a quarter percent, according to their forecast right now. And then they're going to hold them there through the rest of the year, and they're going to see kind of how things work out. The market's betting on an improvement in the economy, despite the fact that interest rates are higher. Retail sales are about to come out here shortly, and B of A is expecting a blistering number for January. Bank of America says that credit card spending was up sharply in January. So when it comes to retail sales, they're expecting a very hot number. Now, that's good and bad. First of all, a, a hot retail sales number says that, well, consumers are doing just fine and the economy is doing okay. The Federal Reserve is going to go, that's inflationary. That's going to keep prices elevated. So it's, it's a conundrum, right? Um, when it comes to the markets, it comes to investing, it, it's, it's, it's troubling, how do you navigate this? That's the big question. You know, this is such a problem because you've got on one hand, you've got this data that says the economy is going to be improving if these things continue, 
right? Consumer confidence, that's improving. That's going to lead to stronger sales. Sales are improving. That's going to lead to a stronger, you know, economic growth. And then on the other hand, you've got high interest rates, tight liquidity, all these other indicators that are suggesting, you know, slowing down in the housing market, the rental market, et cetera. And you're going over here. It's like, clearly you're going to have a recession. Problem is, it's not so clear. This is what I was talking a little bit about yesterday when we are talking about conviction. And, you know, I'm getting a lot of emails from people. It's like, I just want to be in all, all in precious metals because the world's about to end. Maybe. But what if you're wrong? See, and this is the problem. I don't know what's going to happen between now and next week, much less next month or next quarter or the rest of this year. There's so many questions here. And yes, on one hand, I mean, we, we can go through the bear list. It's easy to go through that bear checklist and go, these are all the reasons the markets are going to be lower by this summer. And I don't disagree with that. I think there's a real possibility stocks will be lower by this summer. By the end of this year, I don't know. But again, when we take a look at, at, at this kind of counterintuitive data, right? You've got consumers that seem to be doing a lot better, but at the same time, we can go parse that data and go, yeah, they're just going further into credit cards debt to make ends meet and interest rates on those credit cards are going up, which is going to detract more disposable income to pay off higher credit card payments because those credit card payments are adjusted for higher prime rates, which are directly driven by Fed interest rates. So the more the Fed hikes interest rates, the more those prime rates go up, the more that credit card interest payments go up. Credit card interest payments are now the highest since the 1970s in terms of rate. So more and more of the household paycheck is going to make debt payments. And that's and they're not they're not trying to pay down debt. They're just trying to make the minimum payment. And those payments are going up. And so this this that's and so you go, well, how how is that good for the economy? It's not. But as I said, on the other hand, you've got prices coming down in certain areas, particularly in the things where, you know, people spend money on a day-to-day -day basis, week to week. I know there's some anomalies in there like eggs. But if we just look at the inflation data, peril, those type of things, those are all coming down, at least for now. And so lower prices feeds into consumer confidence, which is why we're seeing an uptick in consumer confidence off of lows. Now, it doesn't mean that consumer confidence is about to take off to the moon. I'm just saying it's improving, right? And that shouldn't be happening. If you're going to have a recession, right, consumer confidence should be worsening, not improving. But again, the job market remains fairly strong. You know, we're seeing layoffs, but we're seeing layoffs at companies that had massive hiring binges over the last couple of years. And so really just kind of getting back to 2019 levels. But we really haven't seen it start eating into the majority of the job market yet. We're not seeing a, a sharp increase in jobless claims yet. I'm not saying those won't happen. Right. But we're just not seeing it yet. And, you know, the one thing that leads to a loss of confidence, and this could very well still happen, which is when layoffs do start, that's going to certainly impact consumer confidence to a great degree. 
I'll just give you a, a quick antidote. So I told you, you know, before on the show that my wife and I sold our house back in July. And we've been renting a house since then and, and, and we're looking for a house. So we've been looking at several houses. And, you know, we're putting in some kind of low ball offers, just seeing what the appetite is. Very interesting, though, is that the people that own these houses and, and most of these houses we're looking at are flip houses, right? So there's a big rash of people buying houses and then wanting to, you know, they're buying them at the peak of the market to fix them up and then flip them, right? So the houses are nice, but we're actually looking at a couple of houses that have not been fixed up yet, right? So houses built in the 60s and 70s and, you know, are disasters. And the people that own these houses are still wanting the same value for the house, their house, that's the value of the house that has been completely renovated. Well, that house is worth X, so my house should be worth the same because they're both houses on the same street. And that's no. <laughs> but they're not willing at this point to sell the house at a lower price. And the reason I use this as an example is just that's where we are psychologically still. We haven't, we haven't really impacted, and this is anecdotal, by the way, but the economy hasn't impacted these people yet. They still have their job. They have their side hustle of flipping houses or whatever it is. They're able to make the bank notes so far. So we haven't gotten to the point to where there's real depression yet, right? A, a, a demand for liquidation. We haven't got there yet. And we're kind of seeing this through the entire economy, right? People are, are, are going, hey, you know, yeah, times are tough, but they're not killing me. And so people are just kind of hanging in there. And if you take a look at the data, that's what the data is telling us, right? Certainly, you know, a little bit down, but they're not to the point of get me out yet. And that's why the markets are hanging in there. And that's why this is such a tough market to trade because you have all this competing data that you're having to try to sort out. And the problem is, and going back to our, our discussion of conviction, once you get convicted to one side or the other, there's a higher risk that you're wrong. And then that's where you lose money. It's very challenging. It's very tough. And I wish there was an easy answer. There's just not. All right, we'll come back. We'll wrap up the show. Don't go away. Daily investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com. We teach our kids the alphabet and all the colors too. But raising our kids to be money smart is really up to you. Our next RIA Lunch and Learn will dwell upon this topic because teaching kids to manage their coins puts money in their pockets. Join Ratliff and Rosso February 23rd for the How to Raise Money Smart Kids Lunch and Learn. Register now at realinvestmentadvice.com. realinvestmentadvice.com. The Real Investment Show.
and welcome back to the show today. Um, <clears throat> just on Fox News, they're having otter grams. So apparently uh, otters are now sending out Valentine's Day messages. Otter grams? Yes. Have you ever seen otters? They're very cute. I'm still getting over Poxitani Phil. <laughs> He's on my list. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> Six more weeks of winter. Well, it's going to get colder this week. I know. And it was cold the other day. I know. For about two seconds. It, tis the season. Right? So otters are cute? Apparently. <laughs> right up there with trash pandas. <laughs> yeah. And squirrels. So Ooh, shiny. I know, right? Well, no, it's, it's, so, you know, uh, this house that we live in, there's bunch of, it's a it's an older house. It was this house that we rent that's was built back in the sixties. And you live in the forest. And then and there's just tons of yeah. big oak trees and mm-hmm. stuff around it. So we have squirrels everywhere. Oh yeah. And so I've been feeding the squirrels. So <laughs> <laughs> and, and so we have this uh, oak tree right right behind our back door. There's this big oak tree that's it's actually three oak trees that all kind of grew together and then split off. And so there's this this pocket mm-hmm. right where these three trees connect. And so I'll just put a handful of pecans up there, and the squirrel. It's like it's like a buffet. It's like a Chinese buffet on New Year's. I mean, it is just the squirrels flying, and, and the, these. Squirrels are coming from all over the place. They're jumping from tree to tree, yeah, and yeah. it's like an acrobatic show. And then once they all get down there, there's this one big squirrel that shows up and just beats the crap out of all the other ones. So <laughs> it's like my own personal UFC of squirrels. <laughs> it's quite entertaining. The dogs enjoy it too, so they just sit at the house and look out the window. The next renters are going to be so annoyed. Oh, I know. No. <laughs> Because literally, if I don't feed them on time, uh-huh. they all gather at the tree and stare through the window at me. Well, I'm, I'm trying to work, and I'll look out, and there's like six squirrels in this tree all staring through the window at me while I'm trying to work. I'm like, okay, fine, I'll come feed you. They're very demanding, yes. these squirrels. So, anyway. Uh, where was it? Okay, oh, yeah, wrapping, I forgot, forgot where it was. Uh, okay, so CPI today, uh, that's going to be kind of the big news. Market's looking to open up a little bit this morning. Um, again, not kind of surprising. You know, we had three or four days of a sell-off last week. We do have a sell signal in place, though. So while the market may rally here over the next day or two, odds of a continued rise in the markets is becoming a little bit more challenging. We just, you know, it's kind of like, the, you know, version 10 or 11 of you know, the Fast and Furious franchise, you know, too far, too fast. Um, so, by the way, that's another thing that needs to die. So Fast and Furious. What's the 10, Fast and Furious? Yeah. The, the 10th episode installment is coming out. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what will kill it is when they start trying to use EVs in those movies. Yeah, that's no, that you can't. I mean, we're, I know. The that's, whole, that's the whole the point. point of that show is, is fast cars. And that'll kill it when they try to put EVs in there. <laughs> yeah, maybe. We'll see. Fast and... <laughs> <laughs> fast and not so furious. Yeah. <laughs> of course, the problem is, is the half, halfway through the high-speed chase, they've got to pull over for 45 <laughs> minutes to <laughs> recharge. <laughs> wait a sec. Y'all got to wait. I got to charge. <laughs> I went to uh, Central Texas this weekend to see my dad. Mm-hmm. Going on 290. And at Bucky's, they've got electrical charging stations. Yep. 
place was packed. And I'm thinking, <laughs> I know, right? You know. <laughs> well, there was a video out of this uh, younger couple, and they bought an electric car, oh. and they were going somewhere, and they had to stop and, and charge. And so they had been charging for 41 minutes, and the cost of the charge for 41 minutes was like $21, something like that. It was like $20, $21. Yeah. And it added 64 miles to the range. And that's all? That's all. And so that's, now it's according to him. Look, I don't have an electric vehicle, so I yeah, can't yeah. vouch for this, but this is the video he's making. It's, it's you know, saying I've got 64 additional miles, takes me 41 minutes, cost me 20 bucks to charge. He says, I wish I had my gas power car bag. But have you seen the, uh, the Ford, uh, no, the Dodge Ram commercial? No. About, no. Um, I'm, trying, I'm trying to think of the- The uh, electrification of the truck? Yeah, it's, it's, it's the, the whole, the whole it's, a, it's a whole takeoff on ED. Uh-huh. Uh, electrification dysfunction. I have seen That's that. Yeah. Yes. Where they make a, a whole truck. stop, start, stop, start. Truck ED. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is actually quite clever. Yes. But anyway, <laughs> we sidetracked. Too far, too fast. That's the whole point of the conversation. Uh, so there's not there's not really a a lot of upside here potentially in the market short term. I mean, it it's, doesn't mean the markets have to go down. And this is the thing about sell signals is that it doesn't mean that the market is is about to crash. And this is actually the uh, discussion in our uh, Tuesday take that's on the website this morning at realinvestmentadvice.com, which is discussing kind of where we are and kind of the rules to kind of navigate where we go to from here. But, you know, a, a sell signal doesn't mean the market's going to crash. It just means that it's going to be very challenging for market prices to rise. Most likely what will happen is a, you know, we can have a consolidation period where markets just, kind of trade sideways up and down within a range for two three four weeks and you work off that overbought condition markets hold support and then you start working on your next leg higher or you get the opposite which is the markets begin a, a bigger correction and we've seen that before as well so again you know the thing you don't want to do is you know read into a sell signal and say see there you go on fox right now Otters are becoming artists for Valentine's Day. They put ink on the otter's feet and let them run around on paper, and then they make an ottergram out of it. Don't ask me why. <laughs> My puppy does that <laughs> with poop. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to know the no. rest of that story. Just but, You just keep that story to yourself. But I've seen that before. <laughs> just a different color. Yeah, but your 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 pup is not an otter. But she's cute. Yeah, not not like an otter. No, well. Yeah, they got they got freaky hands. <laughs> so, whoever thought that up had too much time on their hands. You know what though? They're going to make millions. Yeah. Off that. Yeah, they will. Because it's it's Happy Extortion Day. Um, <laughs> and it made it to Fox News. <laughs> and it's on Fox News. Everybody's <laughs> like, I want one. Um, anyway. But just be careful here because these sell signals don't necessarily mean that you're going to have a big correction in the markets. It doesn't necessarily mean that. It just means that the markets may not go up a whole lot. So, you know, and this is why we're talking about, and, and particularly in today's daily market commentary, if you go to the website, subscribe to our daily market commentary, that gets emailed out at 730. 
but it's posted live right now. You can read it. Um, we talk about the relative rotation in the markets, and there's certain sectors right now that are very, very overbought, like technology, and there's other sectors in the market that are very oversold. And so a rotation between those sectors is very likely. You know, so you think about trimming back on tech, adding to utilities, as an example, which are very oversold and starting to improve. And if there's a risk-off rotation in the markets, that's where money's going to head to because those are considered the safety sectors. They provide a big dividend. They're generally not hugely volatile, those type of things. So you kind of get that. They're kind of bond surrogates in terms of, of any uh, a better word. And so money tends to rotate there for safety during a corrective phase in the markets. So that's some things to think about. But again, we kind of we kind of go through that explanation in our daily market commentary today um, and also provide a link over to Simplevisor where we actually have that analysis posted real time and you know we analyze the, the different stocks and, and the different sectors. So you know there's things you can be doing right now to help reduce risk but still remain invested in the markets. But again, you know, we have to go back to that that bigger conversation about the rest of this year, which is ultimately, you know, what earnings are going to do. And this this really, despite, you know, it's the Fed, it's this, it all comes down to earnings and what earnings are doing. Are earnings improving or are they weakening? And earnings are weakening. Earnings are not improving. Earnings are less bad, right, than what many had feared. Earnings came a little bit better than expected. The question is going to be whether or not they can continue to come in better than expected. Or do we have to keep downgrading earnings over the course of the next few months as the economy does weaken? And yes, earnings will still come in better than expected because we'll lower earnings too much. But, you know, right now we continue to, do, to drop those earnings. Again, you know, we were at $242 a share back in in May, we're now down to $199 a share as of February the 1st. So question is, is where we're going to be at the end of March for the end of this year? And right now, everybody's still expecting improvement. Everybody's still expecting that this quarter was the bottom for earnings and that earnings will start to improve. And as we said earlier, that's going to greatly depend on the economy, consumers, those type of things. So, uh, again, lots of data. Again, this is a very confusing situation. Because there's so many dynamics on both sides, it's not clear-cut. I wish it was clear-cut and I could make it really easy for you and say, hey, just go short the market, you'll be fine. Just not the way it works right now. But again, this is why we are, are starting to focus more of our writing and our commentary, daily market commentary, as well as our, our blog posts, really more on parsing out where we are in the markets right now. Again, that blog post on the website right now um, saying that the correction may have started, what to do now? Right, that's on the website, realinvestmentadvice.com. While you're there, make sure and subscribe to our weekly newsletter. You'll get an email uh, on that on Saturdays. Of course, our Before the Bell is our new three minutes on markets and money channel. It's its own separate channel. Subscribe there. Just click the little bell icon, subscribe, so you're notified when we post a new video uh, during the week. Keep you up to date on the markets, your money, and more. It's all realinvestmentadvice.com. Have a great day.